Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Uh, thank you so much, worship team. I got to tell you, the, uh, the word that I have for you today is, is a little unusual. It's, uh, it's something that struck me and, and, and fairly quickly when somebody showed me something, the Lord quickened me to say, this is a message. There's a message in this. And, and listen, and you're going to hear my voice as to what the message is. But immediately, I just knew this was a message. But... In any case, first a little background. Something uh, really funny was shared with me recently. Um, a few weeks ago, after one of our Friday night Arab Shabbat services, somebody came up to me and mentioned something to me. And I have to tell you first, something to know about me is I'm a very detail-oriented person just by, by nature. Uh, people who, it used to be years ago because I've got the, the MBA from Emory and stuff and have, have worked in the corporate world for many years and, and such, is that I used to, people used to give me their resumes to look at a lot. And man, you know, they'd say, I think the resume's pretty up to snuff, but I'd love to have you glance at it to see if you have anything that you see. And I'd hand it back to them and it would be like covered in ink. They'd be like, <laughs> it's just kind of, I'm very, very, very detail-oriented. It's like, I think this, I think the font of this letter is one point smaller than the other letters around. I promise you, I promise, and they'd be like, what? And they'd be like, and they'd go back and say, wow, okay, yeah, it was. But, but the point is that, I, I mean, I, I, I care about the small things, I do. Uh, uh, that's just kind of a little bit my nature there. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and so that's a little background I think you need to know to understand. I remember years ago, my mom, my mom, a blessed memory, of course, uh, Many of you remember my mom, Estadi. She was absolutely amazing. Wow. Just truly, words cannot express. She's been with the Lord now for a little over four years. I can't even believe it. A little over four years. Can you believe that, Baruch? I just, that's, that's unbelievable to me. And, uh, but in any case, she was, uh, she was legend. She was the first. She, she did so many, so many firsts. She was one of your uh, uh, seminal and uh, female pioneers in the Messianic Jewish movement, in the modern-day Messianic Jewish movement. There's, that's not hyperbolic to say. Um, and, and she was absolutely remarkable, but she had a lot of other giftings, and she, she helped uh, do a lot of things here at Beth Hillel as well. She co-founded the congregation, of course, with my dad. And, uh, and she always had an eye out for style. Not a lot of people knew or knew that my mom, previous to becoming a believer, uh, she had done a lot of things in the, in the secular world also. She had been a model herself. 
in addition to running an art studio and gallery for a while. So she was very artistic. She knew a lot of artists. She commissioned the the beautiful menorah that we have next door, you know, in the MJCC, when you're walking down that stairs, that beautiful menorah is there, is by a pretty famous uh, uh, local artist uh, who painted that. Mom knew him from years and years ago, and God commissioned him to, to do that project for us. And uh, it's just absolutely, she's got an eye for art. And I remember many years ago, Many years ago, she said, I heard her, she told my dad and, and, and me, she said, ooh, I found something, I found something, this is going to be great for the synagogue. And I'm like, what, what? And, you know, dad was like, well, what is it, what is it? He, she said, I think this is going to be an important kind of focal point at, within, the, within the, the, the synagogue building. And we, and we said, what, what exactly is it, what is it? And she had found these menorahs, these, yeah, these menorahs, these these menorahs are absolutely beautiful. Um, they're, they're stunning, really, uh, I, I think. They are antiques. Uh, they're over, over 100 years old, uh, and, and they're, they're very weighty uh, and just absolutely stunning. And you can tell she was right, man. I mean, we've got one on each side. They have been centerpieces in our congregation for decades. They're absolutely beautiful. Uh, of course, we know that the menorah itself was... Uh, and, and, and I know the cameras are going to get a close-up of the menorah. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, and the, the cups of the menorahs are much like the, uh, what's spoken about in Scripture of the menorahs that were in the temple and such. And the menorah has always been the national symbol of the Jewish people. People think of the Star of David, which is on our, like the Israeli flag. And the Star of David is wonderful, but the ancient symbol for the Jewish people is actually the menorah. And, uh, and so I just think, you know, it's kind of almost got like these wings on it. It's just really beautiful. And, uh, and I love them. And the fact that we have a set is really, really beautiful. Uh, no question. Uh, then I had, it was a, I don't know, maybe a month ago. I don't exactly remember when it was. I had somebody come up to me after the service and say, Rabbi, uh, just a quick question for you. I, I, I was just wondering. Why, why do you have the menorahs, the menorah like, like that, like they are? And I said, oh, well, I, I just think that they're, I mean, they've been like this. On, on the, we had stands, we had these stands made for the menorahs. I mean, you know, they, I think they're beautiful like that. I, I really do. And, uh, and, and they said, well, yeah, but I'm talking about why do you have this one like this? And I said, I don't understand what you're talking about. She said, why do you have this menorah like this? And I said, well, it's, there's, there's one on each side. What are you talking about? And, and they said, but this one is backwards. And I said, what? And then I looked at it, and I'm like, Wh- what? And as I looked, I, I, I noticed now, you're, now you can see it from midway through there, right? You can even see it, uh, Cindy, almost in the back, can't you? Is that these, these wing things are on the back side, and, and it's like, what? And I, and I looked, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the front back here. This is the front. What? And then I thought to myself, how long has it been like this? <laughs> and they were asking me, thinking that there was some intent behind it. And again, I'm a detail person. I'm a detail person, right? And who's up on this stage more than me? Nobody. And I was like, oh my gosh, you have got to be kidding me. It's been years that this has been up here backwards. 
I mean, it's beautiful this way also. I mean, it is. It's, it, but there's no question that this menorah is backwards. And it has been up here backwards for years. If you look back in our, in our, in our videos uh, on YouTube, uh, it's been this way for as long as we've been on YouTube, okay? As long as we've streamed, that menorah has been backwards. I've never noticed it. And neither of you, okay? <laughs> For years, maybe one, okay? <laughs> the, one, the one person who raised their hand said they noticed it uh, most recently worked for uh, an art uh, college. Okay, I promise you. So, uh, but in any case, uh, really remarkable. But almost, nobody, almost nobody's noticed it. It just blew my mind. How could I not, how could nobody really, hardly, have noticed that the, this is like on the stage, that we have a backwards menorah. It's, it's very interesting, okay? Genesis chapter four, please. Genesis chapter four. Isn't that interesting? You ever notice that? No. <laughs> I asked Dara. She's on the stage almost as much as me. She never noticed it either. Okay, Genesis chapter four. You know, you know the story of Cain and Abel, the sad story of Cain and Abel. Of course, it's a sad story. They were children of Adam and Eve. And let's go to verse 3 of Genesis Bereshit chapter 4. So it happened after some time that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to Adonai, while Abel, he also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. Now Adonai looked favorably upon Abel, and his offering, but, but upon Cain and his offering, he did not look favorably. Now Cain became very angry, and his countenance fell. Now I'll pause for just a moment to say, although Cain brought the offering uh, that, was, that was not what the Lord was looking for, it is important to actually note, though, my friends, that Cain did bring an offering. Oftentimes this is missed when you read the story of Cain and Abel, but Cain actually, he did bring an offering. It wasn't as though he just completely ignored bringing an offering at all. This note is, is, is something that's very important. This is, a, this is a very important thing to note as we examine the story, as we look closer at the story. Let's continue, verse 6. Then Adonai said to Cain, why are you angry? And why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, it will lift. But if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the doorway. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Ooh, it's very foreboding. Verse 8, Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. While they were in the field, Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Oh, man, just tragic. Oh, that's difficult to even imagine how Cain could have done that. It's very sad. Okay, there's, there's a few things about this I really want for us to, to consider. Cain did bring an offering. This is really important here. It looked good. The offering looked good. In many, many ways. 
but it was not the offering that God had requested. It, the offering looked good. It was, it's not like he didn't care. He brought an offering, but it was not the offering that God, it looked okay in a way, but friends, in many ways, the offering was backwards. The offering, not quite right. It was backwards. It wasn't really what it should have been. It was very close. And perhaps he was blind to it. Perhaps he just couldn't quite see that wasn't quite right. Listen, it's been so easy not to notice that the menorah has been backwards, that for years now, almost no one has noticed. It was close enough to pass, but it wasn't quite right. What compounded Cain's sin was that even after God's warning, he killed Abel. So when the... Think about this. This applies to all of us. If you're a human being here who makes mistakes sometimes or doesn't see everything perfectly clearly all the time, then this applies to you and me. When the backward sacrifice was pointed out to Cain, he felt angry that this was pointed out to him. Cain took it very personally that this was pointed out to him. Friends, he compounded a backwards offering with a backwards attitude. Do you see? What should he, he should have repented and made the appropriate sacrifice. See, friends, God himself told Cain, because Cain was angry and he was downcast. And, and, and God said to Cain, man, chill. That's what my kids would say. <laughs> chill, chill. Cain, man, come on. That, it's, it's very clear. That's what God was like. Oh, dude, why are you getting so worked up? No, listen, it's okay. This was not right. Make it right, and it's going to be fine. Give, put the right offering in, and you're going to be great. What are you getting so upset for? But few of us seem to have that attitude. So few of us seem to have that attitude when the Lord gives us some gentle correction. First, we don't even notice that the menorah is backwards in the first place. And secondly, if it's pointed out to us that the menorah in our hearts or whatever that is in our lives, if it's pointed out to us that the menorah is backwards, we take offense and go into to battle mode and oftentimes react. Why? Because we, we, our defenses immediately go up. What are you talking about? What are you talking about, Willis? <laughs> mm. I think it looks just fine like that. I, in fact, I think I meant to make it that way. 
you know, one face in this way, one face in the other. They looks beautiful on both sides. Jew and Gentile, one and Messiah. That's what I'm meant to do. <laughs> and in fact, when I look at your, your face isn't symmetrical either. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's, that's the way people are, man. They, they, they like defend and then oftentimes, what do they do? You know, I'll tell you something. In the rare instance, and it's not that often, it's very infrequent. In the rare instance, I need to provide real correction to someone. A significant percentage of the time, it results in a counterattack. <laughs> this is one thing I've seen over the years. I got to share something corrective with somebody. About half the time, it seems like there's going to be some kind of a counterattack. See, this is the attitude of Cain. Beloved, we have to purpose that this will not be us. This is not going to be me, right? This is not going to be you. Please purpose. But we have to be conscious of the furniture in our lives. You've got to be paying attention to your furniture. You've got to be paying attention to what's there. Because it's easy to miss. It's very easy to miss. But, but when something's pointed out, by the Lord, your rabbi, your spouse, your boss, your friend. Don't react. Don't defend immediately and put up that shield and that guard and, and take it all personal and, and then a counterattack. That's what Cain did. This is all that Cain did. It didn't work out well for Cain. 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel chapter 15. Bavaka Shah. This was so interesting. <laughs> I got to tell you, Nephi, when, when the Lord was, when, when, I, when this was brought to my attention, the menorah, it was like, wow, the Lord was started downloading things in me for this message. King Saul was commanded by God to destroy the Amalekites. Many of you know this story. He was commanded by God to, com to destroy the Amalekites. Soon after, the Amalekites and all their animals, all were supposed to be destroyed. Uh, it, was a, it was a mission from God. Soon after, he was confronted by the prophet Samuel, Shmuel, who said that King Saul did not obey God's command. So here comes Samuel, the prophet, Comes up to King Saul, king of Israel, man, says, hey, Saul, you didn't follow God's command to destroy the Amalekites, including all their animals and stuff. And, but, but Saul disagrees. 1 Samuel 15, verse 20, Saul says, but I did obey the voice of Adonai. Saul said to Samuel, I went on the mission on which Adonai sent me and brought back Agag, the king of Amalek, and utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took some of the spoil, sheep, and oxen, the best of what was under the ban of destruction, to sacrifice to Adonai your God in Gilgal. Mm, okay. Now, first, we have to recognize something, kind of like the Cain and Abel story. It's interesting. We have to recognize that Melech Shaul, King Saul, did go on a mission for God. He did go on a mission for God. Others might, might have just not even gone in the first place. Said, yeah, I don't think I want to go to the battle like that. It's a hassle. Who knows there's danger? And in the end, and in the end, 
He did not destroy all the animals, so he could, in part, offer them as sacrifices to God. Wow, you know what? You look at that, and I think, wow, that's a really pretty menorah. He went on a mission from God. God gave him a mission, and he went on that mission from God. He destroyed the Amalekites as, as in part, he was supposed to, and, 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 the, and the animals that he did not destroy, he, he brought back, and at least some of them were, for the purpose of sacrifices to Adonai. Man, that sounds pretty good. On the surface, it's really a pretty menorah. I mean, that's very interesting, but God disagrees. There's an important reason. Verse 22, Samuel said, does Adonai delight does Adonai delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of Adonai? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, to pay heed than the fat of rams. For the rebellion, for rebellion is like the sin of divination or witchcraft, and stubbornness is like the iniquity and idolatry. Since you have rejected Adonai's word, he also has rejected you as king. Oof. That's one of those moments I have chills even when I say it. It's, it's so intense, and I, I reflect on that, and it's, I, I painfully want to see that in heaven on DVD because that's, that's intense, man. When Samuel says to King Saul, God has rejected you as king because of your rebellion, your rebellion and your disobedience. It's a brutal scene for sure. The prophet Samuel tells Saul that his menorah may seem well and good. His menorah may seem well and good, but it's, it's actually backwards. It's actually backwards. Saul should have paid closer attention. King Saul should have humbled himself and obeyed the Lord, obeyed the voice of the Lord. Going on a mission for God is good. Sacrifices to God are good. But not if it means you're disobeying God. You see? Oh, it's, it's a nuance, but it's a critically important nuance. And you can go along believing something that sounds really good for a long time and not notice that you're out of the will of God. Because it looks pretty good. It's hard to tell if you're not paying real close attention. But the menorah is backwards. Do you see how easy it is to miss it? It's so easy to miss it, to miss things in your life, to not pay quite enough attention. And we get complacent then, right? We get complacent and don't pay attention to the details. Oftentimes when we begin to not notice the little things, they lead to bigger things. Part of it is what? You become comfortable. Listen, part of it is because I've been on this stage so often, and I've seen this, and so have you. You've seen this stage so often, if you're online or here, that eventually it's almost like it hardly registers. It just registers as kind of part of the background. You know, it's, 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 it's just a blur part of the background. Didn't even notice that the menorah is backwards, although it's, it's really evident. One of the ways to tell is you got this, the stem of the menorah has nothing covering it. 
It's just, you know, uh, because the, the wings and the accoutrements are on the other side, whereas this one, you can see very clearly they're covered on the front side, you know? It's, uh, if you look at it, if you really just look at it, if you just look at it, it's obvious, actually. Even, even from our back pews, people are saying, yeah, I can see it, much less if you're up close. But yet, nobody really noticed. Nobody, now, think about that for just a minute. Absolutely amazing thing. Understand, friends, I don't think having this little literal menorah backward here is bad in any way. I'm not criticizing this guy. I love that menorah. You're a good menorah. <laughs> Okay, I'm not trying to, to over-spiritualize a menorah itself. Because honestly, these menorahs are stunning on both sides. That's not the point. I'm not even slightly worked up about the menorah itself. But having it brought to my attention that it was backwards for years made me stop for a minute and think about how so often we experience things in our daily lives that we don't even notice when things are askew. We don't even notice that things are askew. Why? We're, we're so familiar with them. It's easy to miss that things are not quite right. Why? Because perhaps you're very used to it and you don't even think about it anymore. Rabbi, what are some practical things to help me take this into my life to think about it? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> perhaps you love your spouse. Genuinely. I'm not talking about like, you know, pretend. I mean, you genuinely love your spouse. But you know what? You raise your voice with them all too often. But you don't even really notice it. Beloved, the menorah is backwards. Perhaps you give your hard-earned money to your congregation, but you don't give a tithe, a tenth. The menorah is backwards. Maybe you know the Bible pretty well, but your mouth is profane when you're with your friends. Maybe you act humble, but inside there is pride. Perhaps you ask for forgiveness, sincerely, genuinely, but then you just go and do it again. Perhaps you have a desire to be compassionate and help people. You have this desire, but it has to be on your terms and your time frame. Brothers and sisters, the menorah is backwards. You read some godly books regularly, but not the Bible. See, there's some good there, you see, but, the, but something's not quite right. It's not quite right. It's close, but it's not quite, but that can be incredibly dangerous. See, friends, we need to actively search our hearts. Actively. This, this is something, 
this is kind of a deep message that kind of goes, and as I was reflecting on it, it was like, wow, boy, that's, that's so interesting. We need to actively search our hearts and examine ourselves and to keep a keen eye out for things that are not as they should be. It's sort of like uh, the musicians, the worship team, when they sang the first song in the worship, which is a message I preached a number of weeks ago called Search Me. And, 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 the, and the song, and right out of the psalm, says, Search me, Lord. Know me, right? Search me. See, sometimes we got to, like I talked about a, a few weeks ago, we got to say to the Lord, Search me. I want to know if the menorah is backwards in any area of my life. But to do that, you have to be really brutally honest with yourself sometimes. And to examine yourself and say, oh, you know what? Yeah, I guess I do speak too loudly to my spouse sometimes, too often. You see? It takes that intentionality and an eye for detail. In other words, you got to stop and kind of look at, at, at your stage, Excuse my back. you got to look at your stage and, and look at your heart and look at your life in different areas and work and look at your attitudes, look at your motives, L- examine your thoughts, consider your habits, listen to what comes out of your own mouth and say, wow, what a beautiful menorah. Ooh, hold on. That one's just not quite right. There's something that's not right about that. Luke chapter 9. If we don't do this, we will become distracted by things that are cancerous to us. Yeshua's disciples, his Tomidim, were gathered together and they began to talk together. Now, these are a whole bunch of Jewish dudes, and man, God bless them. I. I don't know, when you hear this, it's like you almost think, Yeshua, how did Yeshua take it? It seems so obvious to us now that this was off, but it clearly was not obvious to them. They did such amazing, mighty, and miraculous things, the disciples, right? Wow, they did some amazing things. How could they have been at a place in their ministry career where they're ever at this place? Luke 9, verse 46. Now a dispute began between the disciples as to who might be the greatest among them. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? Really? A debate broke out among the disciples as to who might be the greatest of them. I think I might be the greatest. Oh, what about you? No, you're, I don't think you have a book of the Bible named after you, do you? <laughs> Of course, the new covenant wasn't, you understand. Okay, it's <laughs> verse 47. But Yeshua, knowing the reasoning of their heart, took a child and set him by his side. He said to them, whoever welcomes this child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. The one who is the least among all of you is the one who is great. See, friends, the disciples were not looking at the picture clearly. 
the menorah looked fine to them. But Yeshua pointed out to them that they had the menorah backwards. They all were trying to serve God. They all had given up everything. They had left everything to follow Yeshua. Friends, they had done good stuff and were doing good stuff and would continue to do good stuff. These were godly, great men. And yet they had this debate amongst themselves, a petty debate, but also that even the debate was backwards. They weren't seeing it clearly. Who's the greatest? Yeshua comes up and says, no, 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 Mo. no. Who's the least? A little bit later in Luke, he tells them, who is the servant is the one that's great. See, friends, the, the disciples, not looking at that picture right, the menorah, although it looked fine to them, it was actually backwards. And Yeshua pointed this out to them. The one who is least, the one who serves is the one who is the greatest. That's what Messiah said. You see how it looked okay to them? They, they'd given up every, who's the great? No, their minds were in the wrong place. The menorah was backwards. They didn't even know it. They didn't even notice it. Whoever is the servant is the greatest. Whoever is the least is the greatest. It makes me think about what we're doing here at Bethel. Friends, we're starting to ramp things up here at Bethel. We are. Gentlemen, gentlemen, you should be clamoring, clamoring for, to get an opportunity to help usher. Rabbi, when are we going to start ushering again? I want to usher. I want to serve. I want to do something. I want to serve in some way. Dean should be overrun with people. Wait, hold on. I can't talk to you. I can't, I've got too many people coming at me right here wanting to usher. Dean doesn't seem to have that problem. <laughs> I appreciate you, Dean. You picked a good service to lead ushering. <laughs> Ladies will soon be needing help in the gift shop again. With the ushering, we're increasing our people. The ushers have been told, okay, let's start getting more ushers. Let's start building it back up again. We're going to need even more. We're going to need, start needing people in the gift shop. It won't be too long before we open the gift Things are starting to, to move uh, again here at Beth Hillel. Lay, uh, friends, we need help in the sound ministry. We need help in the sound ministry. We need help in the visual presentation ministry. We need help in the greeting ministry. We need help in the library. We need help for those to teach our children. God bless all of you who are serving. You see the menorah from the front. And, and, and understand, I, I'm talking about all these opportunities to help. I mean, we need help in every one of those areas I just named. But it doesn't have to be just here at Bethel. I'm not trying to focus just on here. It doesn't have to be here. If the Lord is calling you to help, the point is help in whatever area that you can help in. It might be at, 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 a, at, a, at, a, at a clinic. It, it might be uh, at a, for first responders. It, you, there's lots of different ways that you can help. People, it might be with the, with the Red Cross or something, Salvation Army. Listen, there's lots of ways to help. But the, the, the point is, is that if the Yeshua says, the, the ones who are the least, the ones who are the servants, they're the ones who are great. This is in the eyes of the Messiah, Yeshua. 
You see, if your heart does not yearn to serve, your menorah is backwards. It's not immediately evident. It's not always noticeable. You may not have even noticed before. But for years, for years, years and years, the menorah has been backwards. (laughs) It's been backwards. It's easy to miss. It's also really easy to see. If you're looking, it's not a criticism, friends. It's not a criticism of you. As God said to Cain, if you offer the right sacrifice, it too will be warmly accepted. You see, this is nothing to feel condemned about or personally affronted about. Or what happens if it's not exactly right or if it's not exactly on my terms or if if my help is not exactly received or accepted right away? Well, I'm going to get all upset. Well, how could you bring that to my attention? No, no. As the kids would say, chill. The question, people wear the wristbands, WWJD. What would Yeshua do, right? What would Yeshua do? People say they want to be more like Yeshua. What would Yeshua do? He served. He served others. He served so much that he gave his life for others. If you really are saying WWYD, well, then you got your answer. He, he served, nobody served more than Messiah. He gave his life for all of us. Absolutely amazing. This is what Yeshua did. Even though it wasn't always easy or convenient. Hello. If you want to be more like Yeshua, then be more like Yeshua. <laughs> How about that? That was deep theology, wasn't it? I'm telling you what, you know, they may, they may call me up and say, we want you to take over the theology school after that one. If you want to be more like Yeshua, then be more like Yeshua. Whew, but there's truth to it. <laughs> and one of the ways we become more like Yeshua is to look with the detail-oriented eye into our own lives and seek to right what is wrong. By the way, I didn't say to look into your neighbor's life to seek to right what is wrong. I didn't say to, to look into your husband or wife's life to seek to right what is wrong. No, 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 that's not what I said. Or your rabbi's life. Or your, to seek in your own life with a very careful eye to seek to right what is wrong to remove the sin that so easily entangles us, to flip the menorah back to the front. I'm going to do something just as information. I've decided sometime in the next year, so in the next 12 months, sometime in the next 12 months, I'm going to turn the menorah <laughs> back to the front, okay? Sometime in the next 12 months, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to turn. If you notice it, I want you to come and privately tell me, okay? I bet that most of you will not even notice. And beyond that, I'm not even 100% sure 
that I'll remember to flip it. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> and that's kind of the point. See how easy it is? The title of my message is Backwards. Let's bow our heads. <laughs> oh, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for your gentle, loving conviction. <laughs> thank you for teaching us your ways. Thank you for showing us things, even in our daily life. I want to ask if there's anybody here who's never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. If you're here and you've never committed your life to God, but you'd like to, wherever you are, raise your hand and we'll have a simple prayer if that's you, if you've never turned your life over to God, but you'd like to today. Is there anyone who's never done so before but wants to? Perhaps you're watching online, perhaps you're listening to the podcast and you've never said that prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, commit your life to God. Repeat this simple prayer after me and God will change you on the inside. Say, dear God, I humble myself before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart, God. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me of my sins, God, I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you, Lord. I'll seek to right what's wrong, Lord, in the name of Yeshua. If you said that prayer for the first time, please see me after service if you're here or send me an email if you're watching online or listening via podcast. Thank you, Lord. And for everybody else who's here, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that the Lord shows you any menorah, any, any menorah that's in your life that's there and displaying and looks lovely if you're not really paying close attention but it's actually backwards. So we're going to take just half a, just, just a minute and maybe the musicians will sing just a little bit of the song, Search Me, and then, then I'm going to pray for you. Because we're asking the Lord to search us. backwards, something that's askew, something that's not quite right. If he has, gently receive and accept the correction of God. Don't resist like Cain did. It did not end well for him. If the Lord is convicting you of something, say, yes, Lord, I receive it. I receive that. I know I need to correct that. I know I need to get that straight. It may not even be a sin. It may be something like doing other good things but not part of what you know you need to be doing. Oh, Lord, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. 
God. And, and Lord, let us be looking at, at, with, at ourselves. Lord. Let, and God, if you haven't shown us anything, Lord, if there's anybody who nothing is coming, Lord, I pray you open our eyes as to the menorahs in our life that are backwards, things in our life that are backwards, things in our life that are not exactly the way they should be, even if they're close. Show us, God, and soften our hearts, Lord. Help us, God. Thank you, Lord, for each person here, each person watching, listening. Lord, we dedicate our lives to you. Thank you, oh God. We love you with all of our hearts. Shem Yeshua, in the name of our Messiah, shall we pray, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L dot O-R-G. Or call... 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.